Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today we have a message by our associate pastor, Pastor Edward Anderson. And his message title today is From Poverty to Paradise. Listen in, take notes, and I'll be with you at the end of the podcast. I've told my story so much about the testimony about how I defeated the IRS. Y'all remember that story? I owed a $70,000 debt, and I didn't have 70 cents, but yet God came through for me. Well, that demon's after me again, (laughs) y'all. He after me again. I was like, what in the world? I said, Lord, I just defeated that rascal some years ago. But Uncle Sam, he just don't play. He ain't my uncle, by the way, either way. Don't be calling me Uncle Sam. You ain't my uncle. But when when we found out about it, it was weird. Because it wasn't 70000 but it was up there. <laughs> and it shook me again. I'm like, Lord, why am I getting shaken by this? You knocked out 70000 so this ain't going to be nothing. Amen. Defeated the lion, the bear, right? And the Goliath, you next. I don't care what you face in life. Face it with God. Amen. Face it with God. Amen. Don't try to go at it by yourself. And the reason why God said, he said, you know what? I know you're going to have some trials and tribulations down here. Well, be a good cheer. I've overcome this world system. Because I've given you someone to help you through this journey you're going through. Your pastor said we're going through a journey. It's a journey. And how, how, how many of you like to travel? Ooh, all them hands up. But I guarantee you all you guys do it differently. Some folks, they'll take greyhounds. Lead the driving to us. Some will go on a cruise ship. Amen? Amen. Now, a lot of y'all don't fly no more. <laughs> you used to fly a lot, but now them 737s had an altered change. So y'all like, I'm not flying no more. <laughs> but the reason why most folks don't fly, it ain't the plane. It's the fear. It's the fear. I love them planes myself. <laughs> I get there quick. You still on Greyhound, I'm there. Amen. Amen. But God has a way of doing things that gets us on a journey different ways. But all of us got to do the same thing to prepare for our trip. Amen. Amen. And the first thing we do, we pack. Amen. Make sure everything we have is in that suitcase. Now, I've learned, I work for the airline. I learned something real quickly. Most of y'all overpack. (laughs) Most of y'all overpack. You got three and four suitcases. You get there, only use one. <laughs> I'm going somewhere, y'all. Jesus says that, you know what? Take my yoke. We got stuff we carrying around in these suitcases that God said you should left at home. So no, I, I need different outfits for every day. Okay, they can go in one suitcase. But you're carrying things in your life, in your journey, that's far too heavy. And it's weighing you down. It's not only weighing you down, but every passenger on board is being affected by your suitcase. You don't know that, but it is. You see, a plane only flies by four forces. Lift, weight, drag, and force. Sometimes it can't lift because your suitcase is down there. Too much weight. Too much weight. When I fly, I look at things differently than most folks do. In cold weather, first thing I do is look out the window. It ain't got to be raining or snowing, but I look at the wings. Because in order for a plane to fly aerodynamically correctly, the wings have to have a smooth surface. Any snow left on the wings... I'm not getting on that plane. I'm going to get on and get off. <laughs> so that means that there's some things in our life, they're small. They're minute. But yet, it don't allow us to fly like God wants us to fly. You know, uh, when I go to Haiti every year, we take people to this place called the Cynodale. I don't know if Brother Carl went or not. Went to the Cynodale. And you know, uh, sometimes older people could embarrass younger folks. 
You think that because you're 40 and they 75, you're in better shape than them. I mean, it seems that way, right? My spiritual mom and dad took me to Haiti for the first time. I went with them for the first time. And it was this mountain we had to climb. And I'm like, to myself, I didn't want to tell her personally because she looked older than me, right? I said, are you going to make it? That's what I said to myself. I didn't tell her that. She said, son, hold a purse. So I held a purse. She took off that mountain. I'm back here sweating. I'm like, Lord Jesus. And you under, I'm holding the purse. You know what? The higher you get in God, the air gets a little thinner. And you got to be in shape to endure the, the traveling. But see, God always takes you from, high, from glory to glory. And sometimes we want to go back down the mountain. You think you can't make it in this journey that God's given you, but you can make it. Because God's going to help, aid, and assist you no matter what you are going through in life. I don't care what you're facing, face it with Jesus. How many like a good movie? Y'all go to the movies? Yeah, amen. Good movie. Not a bad movie, a good movie. I like a good movie too. You ever see a movie that starts in the end and then it begins in the beginning? That's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to go to the end. And then I'm going to come back to the beginning. If you have your Bibles, get ahead of me. Go to Luke chapter 23. And I want to show you that God has already got everything in your life worked out. No surprise. There's a surprise to you, but not to God. He knows it all. He knows every detail. He knows every challenge you're going to face. He knows how he's going to get you out of it because it's already done. Luke chapter 23. We're going to begin in verse 39. Verse 39. Luke 23, 39. We're going to read all the way down to uh, verse 43. Amen? Amen? You know, in about three weeks, we're going to celebrate what we call Easter. Amen? And Easter is a very important celebration for Christians. I mean, it's the highest celebration, actually. But before there was an Easter, there had to be a cross. No cross, no Easter. That cross means a lot to me. It does. That cross means a lot to me. How many of you guys grew up in church? Oh, a lot of folks, huh? A lot of folks, a lot of folks. Let me see how good you are, though. I, I, didn't, I was forced to go to church. It was a mandate. And there was a battle between my gods, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Raiders. And unfortunately, I had a mama say, it's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. The Raiders lost every time. Every Sunday they lost. But there was time, there were some songs that the old folks used to sing. They weren't really old folks, they were old songs. And one of them songs, I didn't know the words to it, they were humming. I can't sing, so I'm going to sing it. I'm going to write it out to you. I wrote it out. It simply says, at the cross, at the cross. Where I first saw the light. Well, how did the cross give you light? Because when it hung there, he was the light of the world. And the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day. Was it for the crimes that I have done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace. Unknown love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day. At the cross. At the cross it gave you some insight. Because, you know, we were all blind. We were walking around this earth blind. And the Bible says who blinded us. So the God of this world has blinded your eyes that you wouldn't receive the glorious good news of Jesus Christ. And matter of fact, I'll say to my classes, I say, whether you believe it or not, before you came to Christ, he orchestrated your whole life. Everything you did, he was there just like a puppet. You're going that way. You're going that way. 
He said, no, I'm doing my own thing. You don't have your own thing. You think you do, but you don't. You're either serving God or you're serving the other rascal. There's no middle ground. No middle ground. Psalms, I mean Luke, some in Psalms too, this is Luke. Luke chapter 23, beginning verse 39. And one of the male factors, I'm reading in the King James Version, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Let's pause right there. <laughs> First of all, that word male factor means a thief. That song said we're all criminals, right? So this guy, this criminal, hanging on the tree saying, if you be the Christ. Isn't that interesting? How did he know something about Christ? That lets you know that some religious folks going to be on the other side of that cross, hanging there. But he said, if you be the Christ, save thyself and save us. But the other answer is rebuked him, saying, Dost not thy fear God? seeing thou art man in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest to thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Part of my message is from poverty, to paradise. If you're on the left-hand side of the cross, you're in poverty. And poverty just don't mean you're broke. You can be spiritually poor. And most folks are spiritually poor. But I wanted to know, because, you know, God's amazing how you write the word. I want to know their names, to be honest with you. Who's that rascal on the left-hand side and who's on the right-hand side? <laughs> you know, I want to probe. I want to find out what's going on really here. Amen? But God said that, don't worry about that, son. Just know that at the end of the book, you wind up in paradise. If you go to 2 Corinthians 12.4, you can experience paradise on the earth realm. It says in verse 4, Now that he was caught up into paradise, he heard unspeakable words. But wait, this is Paul talking, and he's still on the earth realm, but he said, yet, if you just hang out with me, I'll catch up in some things. You see, you don't see things clearly as they come before you. Okay, okay, let me prove it to you. Pastor Derek, take off your glasses, please. How do I look? Fuzzy. Fuzzy. Now put it back on. A little clarity. You do not always see things from God's perspective, in essence. You only see it from what you see physically. You don't see what's happening behind the scenes. There is an unbelievable work by happening behind the scenes every time with God. Amen. And because your physical eyes don't see it, you begin to go through the stage of doubt and disbelief. You don't think it's going to manifest the way the word says because you don't see it physically. And that's why I always say when you pray, pray this prayer that God will give you illumination, revelation to see exactly what's being done. Remember Elijah, the prophet? Elijah was a bad boy. He was so bad that he was discovering stuff before the person knew it and go back and tell the troops about it. But Elijah had a sidekick that had that same kind of wisdom or that insight. So now Elijah goes out there, all he sees is the army coming against him. And his little sidekick, watch out who you walk with. His sidekick said, Lord, we are goners here. He said, oh, we are goners. Look at this army. You can see a host of an army against us everywhere you look. But Elijah just kicking back like, this is done. How could two people in the same situation see things differently? Because one person sees it from the human perspective, and the other one sees it from God's perspective. So Elijah said, Lord... I know he's my sidekick, but he, he walking in ignorance right now. Please open his eyes. And just like that, he opened his eyes, and he saw the same thing. I want you guys to open your eyes today. It does not appear the way it appears. 
God is doing something behind the scenes that you can't see. But you know what? God is so good, he'll let you see what he's doing if you ask him. He'll, he'll give you a glimpse of what's going on. Even though there's time delaying something, he'll let you see it. A delay does not mean he's denied. It's just put on hold. You know, flying in the airport, there's delays all the time. Weather delays, mechanical delays. I, I had a lady just want to, I mean, she cussed me out. She cussed me out. She wanted to ask me, why this plane won't go? So I simply told her, I said, ma'am, you don't want to fly this kind of weather. Yeah, I do. That's what she did. Keep in mind, a delay is not a denial. She said, I want my ticket refunded and my bags sent back to me. Right? Okay, no problem. We'll accommodate that. About 15 minutes later, the fog lifted. Because you ain't going to fly in the fog. <laughs> You're not going to fly in the fog, really. Or take off and land in the fog. Unless you bad boy. The fog lifted, the plane took off, and she went back home sad. And that's what happens to us sometimes, because we delay by the situation. We get mad and want to pack up our stuff and go back home. We get mad at God. You ever got mad at God before? Oh, yeah, we got, I've got mad at God plenty of times. Shoot, I was a football player. What you talking about? On my way to the NFL. Not for long, that's what it stands for. And you could not tell me I wasn't going to make it there. Everything was lined up, sister. Woo! I'm in the same All-American class with Bo Jackson and Herker Walker. There's no way I'm not going to make it. But God. You may have a plan, but you better check what God said about the situation, first of all. I didn't check with God. All I know is that God gave me talent and skill. I'm playing pro football. So I get out there, do my thing. And we talked about the voice of the Holy Spirit. Remember that today? I'm in the locker room getting ready to go out and play my last high school game. Because I'm going, I'm going to college, then I'm going to pros. Ain't nothing going to stop me. But in that locker room, I heard that voice. This is your last game. I looked around like, who are you talking to? I'm the only one in the locker room. Is God telling me in advance, this is this, son. Now, it makes no sense naturally to God give you all these accolades and you don't go to the next step. It makes no natural sense. But keep in mind, God sees everything. And all I see is what's before me. So I'm playing kind of cautious this game because I heard God say, this is your last game. So I go through it, went okay. But now something weird happens. For the last few years, I was getting letters from every university you could think of. But you know what? God knows everything. He knows your arrogance, too. I don't care about USC. I don't care about UCLA. I don't care about none of those schools. All I care about is Oklahoma. Why? They're on TV, Brother Stan. They're on TV. And I got to be on TV. But see, God, everything that's negative in your attributes, God going to utilize that to bring glory to his name and teach you a lesson in the process. So here I am now. It's time to sign a letter of intent. Nobody wants me because why? I waited for everybody else to say, I don't want you. I want Oklahoma. And Oklahoma didn't want me. I felt rejected, y'all. So now I'm mad at God. But keep in mind, God already told me in advance, you ain't going no further than this, son. But you know what? I got my own plan. So my high school coach comes to me and says, I don't know what happened. I know what happened. He said, I'll tell you what. I went to the University of Washington. And I can get you in. I said, here I come, U-Dub. Here I come. So I get ready, and I walk on to U-Dub. And you know what? God don't take your talent from you. All he wants you to do is release it to him and obey him. Right? It says, if you obey and serve me, you get to the land. But no, I'm going to U-Dub now. I'm still going to be on TV somehow. I get to U-Dub, and I'm doing great because God didn't take my talent from me. I said, God, thank you. Now I'm thanking God, but he already told me it ain't going to work out. But I'm thanking him anyway. Okay. Keep in mind, when you're a walk-on, that means you're not on scholarship. Your parents got to pay for some of it. Amen? Amen. So I'm like, okay. He said, but if your parents would pay for just one, one little semester, we'll give you a scholarship. I got this. Dad, I'm in UW. I need some money. I get a return reply. Is, uh, I lost my job. I'm like, what you do? What? You lost who? <laughs> he lost a job. 
So ain't no way in the world I'm going to school now. So I pack up all my little broken heart in my suitcase, come back to California, mad at God. Not, I'm upset with God. I, I'm mad, I ain't talking about God no more. Been there before? Because God disappointed you? It's not you don't want to deal with God no more because you're mad. I know you've been there before. But go back now to 2019. That was back in 1981. And I got even worse. I was, I was so upset because that same year they went to the Rose Bowl. My, my time to shine. And God sent me back home. You know I'm mad at God. But see, I don't know everything that's, that's inspiring my life. Right? I don't know what's transpiring there, right? So in 2017, actually, I got hurt. And it was, it was a bad pain. And I was like, what is this? So I had to go get the MRI. And when I did get it, they said, one good hit, you'll be paralyzed for life. He said, you, you've been like this all your life. He said, your, your spinal cord is so narrow, one good hit, and you're paralyzed for life. I'm like, hey, I got to the cross again. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's how we do, though, right? God knows already in advance what's going on, and we don't. So we get mad at God, and God's trying to spare your life. Amen. I was like, Lord, one good hit. Well, he said, one good hit, and you'd have been paralyzed. One good hit, and I love to hit you. You know, that was the only – football for me, let me tell you all something. I don't like football really for the adulation of the crowd. I like football for one reason only. It was the only legal way to knock somebody out while going to jail. I said, I was like, oh, I love this. Man. Go to Isaiah 46.10 real quick. Isaiah 46.10. Isaiah 46.10. God, you're so good. Real good, God. Isaiah 46.10. Mm. When you're there, say amen. I said I was going to start at the end and go to the beginning because that's the way God operates. Everything in life is already done in his sight. We think that, okay, God had to create the earth and the heavens, and then he's going to put us there, and then he's going to figure out after Adam's sin, he got to put a plan in place. No, 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 no. We got that mixed up. Verse 10 says, declaring the end from the beginning, and from the ancient of times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. (laughs) Everything in life is really already done. So what he did was, let me tell you this, Pastor Moulton wasn't born until 1993. How do I know that? Because we're born the same year. But, 63, I'm sorry, what did I say, 93? He's young. (laughs) 63, let me get it right, let me get it right, let me get it right. 63, right? Okay. So God knew a city would be called Vallejo, right? Before the earth was even created, he knew that. When we need proof text, okay, go to Jeremiah real quick. Let's take a detour. Let's take a detour. Your purpose has already been determined, but yet you don't want to do it. Jeremiah, real quick. Like, for example, my purpose at 13 years old, I knew I'd be a preacher. But I said, preacher? You're wrong, Lord. I'm not going to be a preacher. Preachers don't make any money. I'm playing football. What am I going to say? A preacher. <laughs> Your purpose is already unfolded before you were born. Your job is to catch up with your purpose. Jeremiah chapter 1. Your purpose has already been unfolded. And a lot of times, God will tell you your purpose. And the thing we do, we go deaf sometimes when he says something that we don't like. It's like, huh, what you say, Lord? You know, Jeremiah, this is Jeremiah the prophet now. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Watch this. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. What was he? We thought life starts in the belly. It starts before the belly. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee to be what? A prophet unto the nations. That boy didn't have a chance. <laughs> because God already said what he's going to do in life. 
And God told you some things that you're going to do in life too, but you don't like the way God told you that. Think about it. Think about this. A girl, young girl grows up, want to be a teacher. All in her heart, all her life, she's going to be a teacher. Right? But we know teachers don't make any money. Right? So her purpose is being aborted <laughs> by another god, a Syrian god called Mammon. Purpose. And then she goes through her life being an engineer, whatever it may be, gets later on in life and say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not satisfied. You know why? Because that person didn't fulfill God's purpose for them in life. If I did make pro football and didn't preach, I'll be unsatisfied. Because my purpose was what God said my purpose was going to be. God knows what's best for us in every aspect of life. I don't care if you think you know what you want to do, consult the heavenly kingdom. Consult God and see what God has to say about it before you jump out there. Amen? Amen. So again, I wanted to find out who's on the left-hand side and who's on the right-hand side. Because I'm nosy. I want to know which thief was Tom and which thief was Jerry. I want to know the names. Because, you know, the cross, we know Christ was in the center of the cross. Amen? That's a fact. We know that. And then we know there's one on the right-hand side and one on the left-hand side. How do you know that? The word says it? Show it to me. Now, it does say that. It does say that. It does say that. It does say that, but keep buying this, too. My message is poverty to paradise. One of those folks was in complete poverty, and he stayed that way to his whole demise. The other one was in paradise, and he got there because Christ told him he was going to be there. And that's the way it's going to be with us, too, when we stand before God. Go to Matthew real quickly, Matthew 25. Matthew 25. And this is how I found out the locations of the one on the left hand and the right hand based upon this scripture. Are you there yet? She said, no, okay. Well, I'm there. Amen. We're all there now. So if you want to find out your life, because keep in mind, Jesus said something very, very, I think, significant. He says, I want each one of you to take up your cross. I want you to bear your cross daily. Not just take it up, but bear it daily. So in this life, you're going to have to pick up your cross. You have to take that cross, and really, you're going to go through the same thing that Christ went through in the earth realm. You're not going to escape it. We want to. We want paradise every aspect of our life, but yet, you're going to find out in this life, you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have adversity, you're going to have trials, but he said, don't worry, I'm going to be with you. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 33. And he shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. So if you look at the cross, think about the left-hand side, the goats, and on the right-hand side, the sheep. That's how I know which one went where. Then shall the king say unto them that on his right hand, come blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Let's find out what the other rascal went. Go to verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. The same thing he said at the very beginning of that thief on the left hand and his right hand side, right? Today be with you in paradise. Amen? Amen. Amen? So the question is, where will you be? I, 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 me too, brother. I'm on the right hand too. On the right hand with you, brother. I'm on the right hand. On the right hand. The right hand has significance too because Jesus Christ is on the right hand of the Father. That's where power and authority is at. So everything that God has, he gave to you because now you're on the right hand as well too. Amen? So as we go through our life's journey, go through it with the right attitude. You ever hear somebody murmur and complain? 
It's the worst thing ever. Just ain't no satisfying him. No satisfying him or her. I don't care what you do for them. They always got to complain. Always. Kind of like a church. You know, God has did everything for us. You cannot list one thing that God didn't do for him. Please tell me. I'll write it down somewhere and keep it. But God has done everything for you. You were poor, but now you're rich. <laughs> he has done everything for you, but yet we still murmur and complain. Is there anything good about God, y'all? All things, amen? But when the reality of the world hits us, we do just like the children of Israel, murmur and complain. It's not like God left you here or left me here without a guidance system. I got a built-in GPS that leads me throughout anything in life. Mm. How many of y'all know a long time ago, before we got cell phones, because right now everybody got, everybody got cell phones, raise it up. Even the kids, the babies probably got cell phones, huh? Look at that. Well, <laughs> before cell phones, I had to get somewhere, I had this thing called a map. I, I rip it out, Amen. right? <laughs> and the maps, were, they only had it for every city. If you're going like from Oakland to, to, to Monterey, you need two maps, yeah. right? Yeah. Then you got to have your, your sidekick lay it out, and they give you coordinates, latitude, longitude. So, babe, we want to Monterey. Where is it at? You got to pull out her glasses and find, okay, Monterey right here, right? L5, right? So we got to meet them together. They got to coordinate, and bam, there we are. Right? But now, life is so much easier. It's really easy. Well, watch this. Let's see if it's so easy. Let me see something. First, you got to break into the system, right? Like I'm on cold. And the way God does things, it's individual. Want to prove it to you? Hey, Google, where is 9937 Lawler Street? Gave me the zip code and everything. What, what you say? What you talking about? Okay. 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 That was good, huh? I'm going to tell you why it was so good. Because we're walking in life, and the Holy Spirit says the same thing. Derry, I'm going to give you a vision. Write the vision, make it plain. Now, she said, this is how you go. So he wrote the vision, and he put it away. Right? If I keep going with the GPS, she's going to say, at this corner, turn that way. Oh, y'all missed it. And then all of a sudden, she's going to be real quiet. You know why? Because she already gave me the starting point. Abraham, I want you to go somewhere. Where, Lord? Just start stepping. I'll tell you the only way. Just step out in faith, and I'll tell you as you go along. So, Pastor Derry, write the vision, make it plain. He that reads it, it's going to come to pass, right? Amen. Took the vision, put it in the drawer. My question would be, did God say put it in the drawer? Amen. What makes us put it in the drawer? Uh oh, I heard it. Fear. GPS hit me. Fear. Sometimes walking in fear delays the process for the entire world. I'll prove it to you. He just said it. He said that we're having Bible studies. And he's sowing seed to people's lives. And now that seed's going to somewhere else. But how about the delayed seed that should have happened years ago? Ooh, that's a good one, Ed. High five. Amen? It happened to me too, y'all. God say, we had some people come to our house to do some work on our home. He said, Edward, witness to them. I heard it as clear as day. Witness to that person. Right? But I got my own time frame. Okay, God, I'll get him tomorrow. I'll get him tomorrow. So they come back the next day, and I said, where, where the kid at? That was with you yesterday. Oh, yeah, shot and killed. Our delays that we do 
is stopping the awesome plan of God for humanity, y'all. But God is merciful. No, I know. Look at look at the crowd here. At some point, he got that vision out of the drawer and said, "Forget anybody or forget anything. I'm gonna do what God told me to do." But what about you? What has God told you to do that's still in your drawer? <laughs> some vision so old, you gotta get a map and dust it off. <laughs> God speaks to us individually. Watch this now, Pastor. You heard what happened, right? You try it now. You try it. Watch this. Go ahead and try it. Keep trying. Is that too hard for you? Too hard, huh? Oh, my God. What happened? This man got a college degree. Can't get in my phone. You know why? Because God did an altar plan for each one of us that he spoke to you about. Spoke to you about individually. And he wants you to fulfill that divine destiny. Yeah, we got a corporate vision. But I guarantee you, within that corporate vision, God's given somebody a word to help with that corporate vision to expand it. And I'm one of those persons. Pastor Jerry, the vision is for the city, right? God brings me along and says, Edward, hook up to that bandwagon and keep on going with it. But I want you to take it deeper, take it to Haiti. Why? Because God, that's how God works. Heaven is so organized. See, we think heaven is it's not like earth. People are all confused. No, heaven is so synchronized. And when it got out of sync, the one who started that stuff, he out of heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, heaven, heaven is like, you know, when you get up there, let me give you an advance warning. When you get up there, you don't know nothing. Just be quiet. Just stand there and be quiet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just stand there and say, yes, sir. Be so glad to get there because heaven is organized. And that's what God is trying to get to the church to be organized. So he come back for a church without a spot or wrinkle. It's so many wrinkles in this church. Not here, but the church globally. Church so divided, he can't come back for us yet. So what he's doing, though, he's getting us all ready. Because heaven's prepared a place for prepared people. <laughs> If you're up there, that means you was ready to get up there. I'm down here because I ain't ready for heaven yet. Amen. There's some stuff still in me that God got to work out through me. Amen. 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 Until Christ is formed in you, which is the hope of glory. Yeah. There's some character in our lives. My, my, class, my class this morning, raise your hand. Raise your hand, my class. This morning, we found out we, got, we all goofed up. <laughs> and we all goofed up. I found out that me and my brother back here, we did the same thing to our wives. I'm like, Lord, we repeat offenders. We be in jail. I mean, the exact same thing. I'm like, Lord, what is this? He said, don't worry. Everybody's goofed up in the kingdom. I'm going to get it right, though. There's some stuff in us that God is working out of us. And the way he gets it out of us is not the way we want it out of us. It's going to come through adversity. It's going to come through the trials. Yeah. It's going to come through some tribulations. Yeah. And that's the only way it's going to get out of you. Yeah. And we said in our class today, the only way it's going to happen is through some heat. Yeah. It's going to need some heat to get the purity out of the, all those things that are contaminants. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Ladies, how many of you guys like real diamonds? Now, we, Erica, keep your hand down. <laughs> keep your hand down. <laughs> Erica, you can't. No, Erica. <laughs> like real diamonds. Okay, she's like, okay, she's like, right, right. right? And most of us can tell a real diamond from a fake, can you? Pretty much? Okay. How can you tell? The clarity. Oh, whoa, she said clarity. Oh, I like that. That's right, the clarity. Right? But that diamond went through a process. It was cut a certain way. Woo! A little heat was applied to it because a, a, a cubic zirconia, put some heat to it, see what happened to it. It's gone. But a diamond, whoo, sister, look at that diamond. Yours. It just shines. That's a real diamond, y'all. And, and God's trying to make us diamonds. 
God's trying to purify us, but yet we don't want to go through the fire. We want to walk around the valley of the shadow of death. (laughs) You know, shoot, man, what you talking about? I don't want to go no valley. I want a mountaintop experience until Jesus comes back. Don't work that way. He said you're going to walk through the valley. He didn't say picnic there. He just said keep on walking through it. We're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But don't stay there, saints. Purpose and plan for your life. God has already worked it out for you. And the, the, the interesting thing that God has did was he's given that paraclete, that comforter, the Holy Spirit. Woo! You know, <clears throat> if my wife got sick where I couldn't really understand her voice and she called me, I would know her voice still. I don't care if it was a raspy, I would know her voice with such clarity. And the only reason why is because I've been married to her for 26 years. 26 years? Oh, yeah, 26. Okay, 26 years. So I know her voice. I know the voice with such clarity. And the word says that my sheep hear my voice. A stranger they won't follow. And the reason why we follow strangers is because sometimes we see things with our eyes, it looked the right way. Walking by faith and not by sight. God didn't say walk by what you see. He never, there's no, you walk by faith and that's the problem with our walk. We get fearful because we can't see it. Or we're not in control of things. Everybody want to be in control. Right, Brother uh, Darren? Everybody want to be in control. I told him, well, I'm afraid of, well, let me say it correctly. Water and I don't get along unless it's in the bathtub. Okay. Put me in deep water, we got some problems. We got real problems. I think, Pastor, we went on a trip to Cancun, with the, I think with you guys. Okay, okay, I like this one. And they said they're going uh, snorkeling, but they had to go out deep, right? Okay. In my mind, I'm wrestling with things already. I'm fighting things like water. And my wife, she's just happy. She's happy as we go. She's just singing a little song, right? But not me. And they get out there into the deep water. And everybody hopped out but me. I kept the purses and the kids. Because it was called fear factor. And that's the way we are in life. When God says do something, we don't just go out there and do it. But the bad thing about it, when everybody got back into the boat, they had a story to tell that I couldn't tell. In the class this morning, we talked about our testimony. See, we go overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. If you don't go through anything, you don't have a testimony to tell someone about. So that's why God takes you through the valley. And beyond the valley, there are some peaks that you'll get to. But you got to go through the valley. You got to go through the valley. Amen? In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, is a very profound statement that I love that Christ said through the Apostle Paul. If you go there, please, uh, uh, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians. Go to your right, and you're going to stop soon. Philippians, right behind Ephesians. How many men in here are like, you know, project builders at home? Amen? Now, my my next question is this. How many of you guys complete the project? (laughs) Eventually, right? Okay. (laughs) You know, we got, we got... (laughs) We got half-painted walls, you know. <laughs> we start projects we don't finish, right? Because we want some things done in the homes. We say, you know what, I'm going to help. I can do this. Well, God's not like that. Whatever God has started in your life, yeah. Philippians 1, 6, it says that being confident of this very thing, that he 
which hath begun a good work in you, Amen. will perform it <laughs> until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Woo! Oh my God. Talk about a project builder. He going to perfect every, he going to complete it. That's why, look at me now, I'm going to be better next year. I guarantee you. Because God is at work in me. He's chiseling away that junk that shouldn't be right. That should be right, I'm sorry. And stuff that's not right, he's excavating it. <laughs> you know. And the same with you. God will complete that work. The kids, off, they're doing some crazy things right now. If they began in God, he's going to complete it. He will perfect that issue concerning your kids. Your parents, everybody's parents ain't saved. My dad, I don't know what that rascal was, but you know what? <laughs> when he left, he was saved. But it didn't look like he going to ever get saved. I mean, I'll call my dad up, and I'll talk to him about Jesus, and he's like, but what was you? I'm like, okay, time out. I can't go there today, you know. But I got to go to the Word, though, because the Word says that if I continue to pray and believe, God will send laborers into that harvest field. I'm going somewhere with this. So, okay, God, send labor to that harvest field. I'm not where my dad's at. But because my prayer goes to heaven, God has hopefully <laughs> workers who are going out to that harvest field where my dad's at. Amen. Amen? And then what they did was they reached him with the gospel. Yeah. See how that works? Yeah. So if pastor didn't do that and we don't go out to our harvest field, how do you know who relatives who's praying for that harvest out here in Vallejo not being impacted? That's the way God designed this thing, saints. We must do what God has called us to do. Don't alter the course. Don't change it. God has it all worked out for us. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Watch this. Bless you. Woo. Galatians chapter 5. How many people ever ran track in, in here before? Track. Oh, I got some track stars, huh? Did you run or just did they run you? Because, you know, I thought I could run too, right? And probably about maybe 45 years old, I said, I'm going to run the beta breakers. I was like, what kind of retarded thing happened with me that day? What did I think about? I'm going to run the beta breakers. So I got in shape. I thought I did at least. Now, it's funny because when you run something, a course unknown to you, there's this thing called a wall. It's called a wall. And you hit that wall, it's like, Jesus. I was doing so good, y'all. But then I hit that wall. I wanted to turn around and go back that way, but it was a crowd behind me. <laughs> Who begins to walk with God and want to turn back? Every time they hit the wall, they want to turn back. There's no turning back. You think you can go back? No, your name is written down. You are signed, sealed, and ready to be delivered. And your adversary knows you belong to the kingdom. So going back onto his territory, some bad news, baby. Don't go back in his territory. So right here in, in uh, the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 7, it said, You did run well. Who did hinder you? You started out running this race with God so well, what hindered you that you stop obeying the truth now? Ooh. Well, you know, pastor, he got all these things going on. You didn't run well. What hindered you from going forward? No, 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 really. What hindered you from continuing to go on in the process, right? You know one thing I know about this church? The vision. Boy, he's given us an outline of exactly what God has mandated for the church. If you don't know that, sit down with me and I can tell you the vision. He has made it so plain to us. You can close your eyes and say, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. The only thing will stop you from doing that is called rebellion. I want to do it my way. 
Who sung that song? I'm doing it my way. Frank Sinatra. Your way will cause hindrances to God's eternal purpose from being fulfilled. Do it God's way. You know, the way the church is set up, God puts leaders there for a reason. Like in your household, right? You got your mom and dad and then the kids. Sometimes the kids won't take over. We call that what? Rebellion. So it's the same way in the church. Anytime you in the church trying to take over, you rebel. So not against the man, but against God. Remember the book of uh, Exodus when it came out? Moses got so mad because he said, first of all, God, God, all these kids ain't mine. (laughs) These are your kids. And Moses, matter of fact, (laughs) Moses got so mad, God gave him instructions. First time he said, look, smite the rock and water's going to come out. He hit it and it came out because God can't lie. Right? But they got Moses so mad, the next time God said, don't smite the rock, speak to the rock. And Moses smoked the rock again. Water came out because God don't lie. So God will give you instructions, but yet you can cause our leadership to get off cue a little bit because you're a rebellion. Those folks were complaining so much, Moses didn't see the promised land. Well, I take that back. He saw the promised land. He didn't enter the promised land. God wants you to enter every promise that he's given you. Don't miss one. But we have to be in harmony, saints. We have to be on one accord. We have to be uh, synchronized with heaven. Amen? So again, tribulation is going to come to all of us. You're not going to escape it. Impossible. But be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. So what he's given to us is that Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many attributes. First thing he'll do, he'll convict you. You're sin. When you get off God's, get out of order, God, he'll convict you. I didn't say condemn you, convict you. That simply means that, hey, Madeline, you're doing this wrong right now. Small voice, he'll speak to you. And he's telling you that because when you're off track a little bit, you could turn your car a little bit to the left, driving home. Next thing you be is somebody's house because you're a little bit off. So he convicts. Next thing he'll do for you, he'll give you illumination. Because sometimes we don't see things the way God wants us to see them through word. Amen? Then he'll teach you things. He'll give you assurance for your salvation. He'll intercede for you. But then he'll do what? He'll give you directions and he'll give you guidance. But directions and guidance are two different things. I had a, a delivery service one time. And <clears throat> there were certain places in California I never heard of before. Like real needle. Where is that at? So I called, I said, where, is your, where you live at? I need directions. Well, and I, this was back when Siri was working. No, well, Google, it was working. She said, go this way, go that way, and turn to the big redwood tree. I'm like, what's your address? So watch this. I get on my phone. I type in her address. Hey, Google, give me such and such. Not now. Be quiet. So, okay, okay. So now I'm going in the direction Google starts me off in. Watch this. Remember, your walk of, is always a walk of faith. So I get out there thinking Google won't get me there. But we keep in mind this, that certain places don't have towers. So I'm happy to a certain point. I get to the, off the road somewhere and now I'm lost. But the lady gave me directions, but I didn't want to use them. Has God given you directions that you want to use? Right? This phone would do me no good with the power off. I could talk to Google all, Google all day long. Unless the power is on, it will not function. God has given you power. And if the power is not turned on in your life, you ain't going to function correctly. You won't. You won't function the way God designed you to function. God has given you power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means should hurt you. 
Satan, all he can do is give you suggestions. That's all he can do is suggest things to you. He gives you a little thought, it registers in your mind. And if you continue on that pathway or that thought, you're in trouble. I shared with my class this morning. My mom had a stroke, Super Bowl Sunday with the Raiders playing. I was going to Super Bowl that day. But I got a phone call. Go to the hospital and keep in mind, doctors are good. So take your medicine. I'm going to say it again real slow because sometimes people get so stupid and deep. <laughs> Don't throw your medicine away. All God wants you to do is be healed well. Whether it's through supernatural means or through medicine. Got that? Okay, let's get that out of the way. So, I go to the hospital, the doctors say, she's not going to make it. And then he gives you the evidence. He shows me the x-rays, blood on the back of the brain, massive bleeding. Then I'm looking at my mom, she's not responding. All she's going to do is be a vegetable and she's going to die. That's the news, right? So a thought hit my mind. My mom's going to go. Now the Bible says something totally different about thoughts. It told you to take every thought captive. And if you don't take that thought captive, it's going to take over you. Because it's got me. It went from initial thought of the doctors to the imagination. I saw a mom now in the coffin. Because of that thought that the doctor told me about. But the Bible says take every thought captive, right? And every imagination because if you don't take care of it at the imaginational state, it's going to become a stronghold. And when it becomes a stronghold, every day all you're going to think about is that initial thought. Now you're in bondage. How do you deal with it? Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. And that's what I'm dealing with right now, matter of fact. I was like, okay, Lord, got my taxes done, and I heard a bad thought. Woo, it was a bad thought. But now how would I deal with that thought? Would I let it just continue to fester my mind? See myself trying to struggle to get rid of that debt? Or would I take that thought captive? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 3. You there? Amen. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down what? Strongholds. Casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing what? Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So a thought comes to your mind saying you won't make it? Deal with that thought right away. Take that thought and you cast it down. It has to obey what God says. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But if you don't have this, <laughs> in your heart. Those thoughts can't be because you have no idea how to deal with the thought. And the next thing you know, you're going to be in bondage to that thought. But he says your weapon tree is not carnal. That means you have a weapon tree that can deal with anything that you face in life if you utilize the weapons correctly. But you have to get to God's word. And then God's word got to get in you. <laughs> right? That's getting God's word in you is something different. Amen? You know, we start our Christian journey out all on the same plateau. Everybody. It says that God's given to everyone a measure of faith. I don't come in the kingdom with big faith. You come in with little faith. We all come at the same level of faith. What makes my faith grow is simply I exercise my faith. You ever exercised before? There's resistance in order for your muscles to grow. Amen? Amen? You have to put time in the gym. Diet and exercise. But thank you for the fast, by the way. I lost some weight, you know, and um, I got a whole new outfit of clothes. <laughs> but you have to exercise your faith. So the trials you're going through, they're going to make you exercise your faith. 
Who goes to school and don't take an exam? <laughs> you mess up, what happens? You go take it again. Until you do what? Pass. You got to pass what you're going through in order to promote to the next level. And remember I said God trying to take you to the next level, saints. There's some things up here the folks down here can't see. And God's trying to elevate us to that place where we see things from God's perspective. Remember John on the Isle of Patmos? He was going through a tremendous amount of persecution. Christians were getting annihilated. But Christ said, come up here. Let me show you things the way they really are unfolding in life. And then once he got things like, oh, this is what's really happening. God's trying to elevate us, saints, to what's really transpiring in your life. Up here I can see better than down here. I hope you can see the vision that pastor's giving you. You know what? It it didn't come from pastor, really. It came from God. If it came from God, then we have to fall in line to what God said. Amen? And then we'll see manifestation. Amen? But it takes your faith to do that. I asked the, cl- the class uh, a couple weeks ago, have they ever heard of Romper Room? And of course, one person, I guess he was too young to know who Romper Room was. <laughs> Remember Ms. Marianne? Yeah. Yeah. See, if I know Romper Room. Yeah, Casey, there you go, Romper Room. Well, faith is like Romper Room. It has four components to it. I'm going to close here. Faith has four components. It has to do with your ears. Point to your ears. This is what Mary Ann said. Point to years. Point to years. Okay. Right? Next component has to do with your, your heart. Has to do with your heart. Third component has to do with your mouth. Has to do with your mouth. The last component has to do with your hands. Those are the four components of faith. So when you hear what God say, believe it in your heart, you got to begin to speak it. And after you speak it, put some actions behind it. That's what we're doing today. We're declaring. We're declaring God's word. We put action behind what the word says. And that's what God wants to do in your personal life and our corporate life as believers. Begin to declare God's promises over your life. Declare God's promises. Declare and decree that it's done. Know that God has already finished the work. Now he put you in time and space for you to walk it out. This isn't a song, walk it out. Walk it out. <laughs> you got to walk it out this journey. Them folks walked for 40 years in the wilderness. Them must have some serious sandals they had on, huh? They said they didn't even wear out. <laughs> Why? Because God has provided y'all. He's already looked ahead and made provisions for today. Amen. Amen. So we want to leave this state called poverty and operate in paradise. And paradise can be where you're going through adversity, but you're still experiencing the splendor of God. No matter what you face, you're still experiencing God's presence. You're still hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you're not moved by what you hear or what you see or how you feel because your feelings are irrelevant. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Think about, I mean, think about your feelings, for example. Let's go way back before we got married. Remember our girlfriends and boyfriends? I felt like, oh, that's going to be my wife. I felt that way. My feelings got in the way. But guess what? My wife right there. Because your feelings is a bad gauge on what's really transpiring in life. It's a bad gauge. Go by what God has said to you through his word and how he confirms it by the Holy Spirit. And he speaks to all of us the same way. Your job is to spend time in his presence. And this is the hardest thing for Christians to do, is to be quiet. They love to talk. I was sharing with the last in class. (laughs) We went to the prayer breakfast. 
And all I wanted to hear was the man speak. I, I came to hear the man speak. The, the miking system was, it wasn't the best in the world, but, but if he just listened, I could have heard what he said, right? He was talking, but so was the audience. I couldn't hear the direction he's going to the city. There's a time saying to talk and a time to be quiet because God is speaking all the time. And he's trying to give you a personal word to get you through your circumstances. And like Pastor the Right of Vision, so when God speaks to you, write it down. Because when adversity comes, you're going to forget that word that God spoke to you. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, and thank you for listening to today's message, From Poverty to Paradise, by ALWC Associate Pastor Edward Anderson. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. And on our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.